me start off by saying uh, what I'm going to get into in this episode is, or this is probably the most important podcast I've ever made. Pause for dramatic effect. You know, this is only, I've only had a few podcasts, but no, no, this one's, this, this is like a super pertinent one because this is going on right now. We're in the middle of it. You know, the other ones, it's fun to talk about the past and the Nazis and UFOs and all this stuff, you know, stuff I can't really prove, but this is, uh, this is what's going on right now. Um, as we speak, like only a few weeks ago, this thing, uh, these vaccines are, uh, getting approved and handed out. And let me, let me just say from the very start that um, people are going to be like, oh, uh, Jimmy's just a, he's an anti-vaxxer. That's, that's what they say now. If you even criticize anything about them. Uh, and I'm not. And I, I believe in them and I think they've, they've changed the world. I'm not going to, argue against that. I mean, I don't know anybody who has smallpox, you know, uh, a bunch of the other disease, like if you, if you just look into history, you see that you know, people were getting fucked up by these diseases for a long, long time. Um, and the, the history of vaccines is pretty interesting. I guess what my point is, is that, um, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just, a, a vaccine is, 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 in the end, it's a tool. Just like a gun. Just like a hammer. Tools can be used for good or evil or bad. It's a double-edged sword. So to think that, you know, it's only good and it couldn't ever be used for anything negative, I think is, I think it's a pretty idiotic statement. And when you, we start get digging into it, to this and see who's, uh, who's driving this thing and who's very importantly, making money and who funded all this stuff. Um, maybe you'll start to, uh, maybe you start to think about it a little bit more. Do you, do you guys trust, uh, the big pharmaceutical companies? Do you guys trust, um, big government and military and you think all these guys have your best interest for you that's all I'm asking so in this we're gonna we're gonna get into the I'm gonna do it in two parts first part's gonna go into uh, mRNA what it is how it works uh, and then in the second part it's gonna be more about Moderna, which is the, the main one pushing this technology and these vaccines. Uh, and um, 
I got a feeling some people are, are, are not going to like this thing because it's going to be a lot of reading from me and then a lot of like complex ideas and stuff. But if you just stick with me, I mean, look, if you want to, if you want to find out about these type of things and really get into it, I mean, you have to, you have to dig in. It's not just instant gratification. And I end up uh, repeating myself in a lot of the, the these, uh, these two parts, but it's just to reemphasize and to hopefully give you a good idea. Uh, of what's going on and I think also uh, let me go ahead and put this at the front it would probably be best if you uh, either get on Google or YouTube or something and see a couple diagrams of mRNA just like a you know couple minute video and I think that will really help understand the rest of this that's where I started uh, start from start from what they tell you and then We'll dig deeper into that. And then we'll see all the stuff they're not telling you. And that's the important part. They're telling you these things are great and safe and effective. Are they? What's their history? Well, let's find out. And remember, as the old saying goes, the devil is in the details. So, how do I even start to uh, unpack this monster? Uh, I've had to read a bunch of articles, uh, look at a bunch of diagrams, watch some videos, some like basic biology videos, just to uh, refresh. Cause like, w when did I take biology? Ninth grade, and I kind of remember the cell, the, the the mitochondria, the mitosis. But that's just me remembering those words. Like, I don't, I, I couldn't remember all that stuff. So I had to go back to the basics and figure all that out. Uh, so I'm assuming you guys are probably in the same boat. Which is why I'm gonna, some of this stuff, I'm, I'm gonna read it and it gets kind of wordy. I'm probably gonna mispronounce some stuff. Um... Uh, and maybe say some stuff that's totally wrong. But maybe l let me just start by like reading the. Uh, like their their way of explaining it. And then. I'll try to break it down. More for like the. I don't know, the layman or like. Something that if I hadn't been reading hours of this. I would, I'd be able to understand it. Um, hopefully I'm able to do that. Cause this stuff is, and I, I, it's complicated and I, um, I got a grasp on it for the most part, but like, I mean, obviously it's pretty complicated.
even when looking into how a cell works, it's, it's insane. I'm like, what? And to me, it kind of reinforced like intelligent design because for all that to be happening, like by, by chance, by random, I don't know, that doesn't make sense. But let's, let's get on with it. So first thing, let me do like a little intro. So this is, uh, I got this from cdc.gov, Center for Disease Control, the official guys. Um, so let's start. Source, cdc.gov, new approach to vaccines. mRNA vaccines are a new type of vaccine to protect against infectious diseases. To trigger an immune response, many vaccines put a weakened or inactivated germ into our bodies, not mRNA vaccines. Instead, they teach our cells how to make a protein or even just a piece of a protein that triggers an immune response inside our bodies. That immune response, which produces antibodies, is what protects us from getting infected if the real virus enters our bodies. A closer look, <clears throat> a closer look at how COVID-19 mRNA vaccines work. Uh, COVID-19 mRNA vaccines give instructions for our cells to make a harmless piece of what is called the spike protein. The spike protein is found on the surface of the virus that causes COVID-19. COVID-19, I'm assuring it. COVID-19 mRNA vaccines are given the up, in the upper arm muscle. Once the instructions, aka mRNA, are inside the immune cells, the cells use them to make a protein piece. After the protein piece is made, the cell breaks down the instructions and gets rid of them. Next, the cell displays the protein piece on its surface. Our immune system recognizes that protein doesn't belong there and begin building an immune response to make antibodies. Like what happens in natural infection against COVID-19. At the end of, our, of the process, our bodies have learned how to protect against future infection. The benefit of mRNA vaccines, like all vaccines, is those vaccinated gain this protection without ever having to risk the serious consequences of getting sick, sick with COVID-19. So that's the way that the CDC uh, kind of does like a little brief overview of uh, what an mRNA vaccine is. I'm going to try uh, explain it in my own way, which hopefully makes sense. So, uh, mRNA, the M in it stands for uh, messenger. RNA standing for ribonucleic acid. I think, I think that's right. Um, basically think of uh, mRNA as like a like a recipe or like instructions on how to build something. That's what the, the cell uses the mRNA for. It, it has it in there naturally to build proteins, like your cells in there, 
and it gets the mRNA out of the nucleus and tells it, hey, build a protein like this, blah, blah, blah. So the mRNA vaccine, what it does is it injects um, a different set of instructions into the cell. It kind of tricks it. So like normally your cell is building one kind of protein, but when, when it gets this mRNA in there, it just picks up the that recipe it's like, oh, well, now I'm going to make this. And that actually what it ends up making is your own body starts making uh, the protein of the virus, if that makes sense. And it actually makes the little spike part, the little things you see like sticking out all over it. So it doesn't make the whole virus. That's what they say that it's it's safe because you're not actually getting the virus. You're just getting a a little piece of it. The the spike, which the spike is how it gets into your cell in the first place. So uh, inside the cell, it'll read the mRNA and it'll start making the spike proteins, and then um, kind of eject them. And once it gets injected out of the ejected out of the cell. Your immune system comes through, which is like uh, like the bouncers of the club or something. And if they see something they don't recognize, they're like, whoa, 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 what's up with this? And they have like a list of the people who can or the people that are allowed what type of cells and proteins and stuff. So if you're not on the list, you get kicked out. Well, actually, the it makes like... Um, your body uh, recognizes that it's something foreign. It's like, hey, hey, this person doesn't belong here. Let me uh, let me take a picture of them. Start spreading this thing out, so the rest of your body can be put on alert. Hey, there's these foreign things. Watch out. Let's start making antibodies. That's kind of how I think of it. That's how it makes sense to me. So normally a a regular vaccine or like a, yeah, I guess you could call it a regular vaccine. They would inject you with like a, say if it was a flu, they'll get like a weakened version. Somehow they'll weaken it. I don't know the science behind that. I think it's called attenuating. So they'll make it weaker and they'll give you, they'll inject that weaker version into you and then yeah, your immune system recognizes it, recognizes it and goes into action. But which is I guess it's kind of natural like that's how it happens in nature. You know, you you come into contact with somebody, somebody sneezes on you or whatever, and then you have that part, that virus gets into um gets into your body. And then your body well, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but but the mRNA vaccine is different. It's a little, it's a little trickier because they're kind of sneaking it into your body, into your cell. And usually your muscle cell is in there, probably uh, building muscle cells or proteins for the muscle cells. Um, but now it's, instead of making that, it's making this part 
the little spike of the virus and then sends that out. So the whole thing is you don't get sick because you don't actually have the whole virus. You only have a, you only have a piece of it. Like if we go back to our bouncer analogy, they, they won't have the whole, they won't have a picture of the whole thing, but they'll have a, a police sketch of his face. But even with that, that's enough to be able to identify any, that whatever that thing is, which in this case is going to be that spike protein. And after that, you, you're immune in a way, because now you have antibodies with the picture of that spike protein going through your body, just waiting for anything that looks like it, just kick them out, fuck them up, punch them in the nuts, throw them out the back door. Uh, but that's basically about it, uh, broken down into simple terms, but it's actually, I mean, obviously it's really complex stuff. And the fact that they're even able to do that, uh, some people say it's, and I would agree with them, it's basically nanotechnology. It's basically, we're really able to go in and hijack our own, what our, our own body was built to do, but kind of just give it another like a software up, like an antivirus software update, like here. This is what's been risky. Look out for this stuff. Um, I think that makes sense. I think that should make sense. Maybe uh, getting more into it might make more sense. And it also would probably help to uh, give yourself a little refresher course you go on YouTube and watch, like you'll start to remember all this stuff from biology. Stuff that I never thought I'd ever read or see again. But with all this stuff happening with the with these vaccines that they've been hyping up for so long, I wanted to I wanted to figure it out. I wanted to understand what exactly this thing is this new vaccine. That's what really kind of set me off on this little journey. Cause I wanted, cause I, I think I just looked into, uh, initially I think I was looking at how much money the vaccine company was going to make and then read, read about the MRNA and I, and I was like, what, what is all this? So I took some time to figure it out. And just went down a crazy rabbit hole. So let's get into uh, see what's next. Okay, so now that you have a little base understanding, um, I want—I didn't want to just go off what the CDC was saying, so I was like, let me, uh, let me. Read up a little bit more on this messenger RNA. So I went to Wiki, take it for what it is. You know, I'm just trying to provide you with sites and stuff that, how could I gotta say, like 
or I don't even want to say kooky, but you know, generally accepted websites. So I, w- I went to Wiki and I just searched uh, messenger RNA and went down to the little vaccine section and let's see what they say here. An in-RNA vaccine or messenger RNA vaccine is a type of vaccine that uses a copy of a natural chemical called messenger RNA to produce an immune response. The vaccine transfects molecules of synthetic, aka man-made RNA, into immunity cells. Once inside the immune, immune cells, the vaccine's RNA functions as messenger RNA, causing the cells to build a foreign protein that will normally be produced by a pathogen, such as a virus or by a cancer cell. Hmm. These protein molecules stimulate an adaptive immune response, which teaches the body how to identify and destroy the corresponding pathogen or cancer cells. The delivery of mRNA is achieved by a co-formulation of the molecule into lipid nanoparticles. So they put it like in a bubble of lipid, a lipid nanoparticle bubble, which protect the RNA strands and help their absorption into the cells. Because without the the little protection, it it would never make it. Apparently apparently the, uh, the RNA is super delicate starts like coming apart almost immediately. Well, anyways, reactogenicity, reactogenicity, the property of a vaccine of being able to produce common expected adverse reactions is similar to that of conventional non-RNA vaccines. People susceptible to an autoimmune response may have an adverse reaction to RNA vaccines. The advantages of RNA vaccines over traditional protein vaccines are superior design and production speed, lower cost of production, and the induction of both cellular as well as humoral immunity. A disadvantage in the Pfizer-BioNTech mRNA vaccine is that it requires ultra-cold storage before distribution, which I might have heard about that, that. The reason it's so hard to distribute is because uh, it needs to be stored like, I don't remember the temperature, but super, not just like refri- like freezers, uh, all the way until uh, they actually put it in you. Uh, and supposedly that's the whole problem of why it's going to be so hard to distribute it, whatever. That's the story. <clears throat> Let me continue. In RNA therapeutics, mRNA vaccines have attracted considerable interest as COVID-19 vaccines. And by December 2020, there were two novel mRNA vaccines for COVID-19 that had completed the required eight-week period post-final human trials that were awaiting emergency use authorization, EUA. Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine called mRNA-1273 and Pfizer's BioNTech's COVID-19 vaccine. So Pfizer and Moderna basically both have a mRNA vaccine. 
On 2nd December 2020, the UK's Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, MHRA, became the first medicines regulator to approve an mRNA vaccine. So the first ones in the world ever to approve an mRNA vaccine. Authorizing Pfizer's uh, vaccine for widespread use. On 11 December in the U.S., the FDA gave emergency use author- authorization for, fi- for Pfizer's vaccine. And on 21st December 2020, the U.S. CDC recommend, recommended emergency use authorization for Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine in adults. This had been approved by the FDA three days earlier. So the main thing to take, I think I'm taking away from that is, yeah, that was the first time they approved uh, an mRNA vaccine. Um, Pfizer had one and Moderna one. And the thing is, they're actually, they're technically not approved yet. They're still being, they're still being tested. But they were able to get the EUA, the emergency use authorization, because it, it was such a, such a problem. So it was, uh, they were able to skip the normal procedures for getting a vaccine. So not, it, not only is it the first time that they're using an mRNA vaccine, on the public, but also, I don't, I don't think EUA's been authorized for anything. I didn't look into that, but as far as I know, it's the first time that the FDA would give EUA to a to a vaccine, which it just it just made me think, like, why? Um, Why now? Why why suddenly for this one? Why uh why didn't they go with a regular vaccine? Why use this new thing that's never been approved before? Um to me I would think they would use something more tested and proven and uh they, I mean, they are testing it, but, you know, the thing's only been around for about a year now. And most vaccines take years and years before they ever get approved. So it seems real, real rushed. And it seems like they're cutting corners. And um, I'm just questioning why... Uh, it was it just the time for it to was the technology finally there for it to happen i mean with the use of like crispr and all that stuff gene editing software um i can't really say that i don't know um 
when when I read the science, it, it makes sense to me, and it seems right. And like in this thing said, it it has advantages over traditional ones because it they can produce it faster and they can produce it at a lower cost. And I guess that works out good for this emergency, supposedly, that we're in. I mean, if they need it soon, why wouldn't they take advantage? I mean, I could think of some reason, but why wouldn't they take advantage of this new technology? Which is what it is, it's, it's technology. So, now let's, uh, let's continue on the, uh, on the wiki, the mRNA. The benefit of using mRNA to have host cells produce the antigen is that mRNA is far easier for vaccine creators to produce than antigen proteins or attenuated viruses. Another benefit is speed and design and production. Moderna designed their mRNA-1273 vaccine for COVID-19 in two days. I thought that was interesting. I made that pretty quick. Another advantage of RNA vaccines is that since the antigens are produced inside the cell, they stimulate cellular immunity as well as humoral immunity. mRNA vaccines do not affect or reprogram DNA inside the cell. The synthetic mRNA fragment is a copy of the specific part of the viral RNA that carries the instructions to build the antigen of the virus, uh, like a protein spike in the case of Corona, and is not related to DNA. This misconception was circulated as the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines came to public prominence and is a debunked conspiracy theory. Hmm. The mRNA should, let me emphasize on should, degrade in the cells after producing the foreign protein. However, because the specific formulation, including the exact composition of the lipid nanoparticle drug delivery coating, is kept confidential by the manufacturers of the candidate mRNA vaccines. Details and timings have not been yet, have not been researched yet by third parties. So what does that tell me? That tells me they put that mRNA in you and according to them, it goes in you and it gives these instructions and then after a while it just degrades and comes apart but nobody has any idea how long or any of that because well they got to keep that confidential you don't need a new you don't need to know that those are trade secrets uh yeah the exact composition of the lipid coating kept confidential. Uh, like I said, why, why um, I don't know, why this secrecy? To keep, I mean, I was gonna say maybe to keep their patents, but I mean, if it's patented, I don't see what the, what the danger is. And I like that one said the mRNA should degrade 
in the cells after producing the foreign protein. Should, huh? I also like how they put in, uh, you know, that it changes your DNA. That that was a misconception. That was a conspiracy theory, which I heard. Which I, I, I mean, I heard that theory and without looking too much into it, I kind of believed it. I was like, oh, what? Crazy. Because I, I kind of, I heard about how it works and I was like, what? It goes in and then, to me, I thought it, it, it does go in and change your DNA, but supposedly it doesn't because it doesn't go into the nucleus, which is like the core of the cell where your where the actual DNA is stored. It just goes into the the inside like little bubble where there's like gel and all these other little organelles and stuff like that. So according to them it it doesn't actually go in and change your DNA and turns you into like a hybrid creature. Mm, the fact that they have to even defend it, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I really, nobody knows. I mean, I'm reading this and it makes sense, but once it's in you, it's in you. I don't know what it's doing. I don't got microscopic vision to actually see. I'm just... You know, you're just trusting that these people know what the fuck they're doing. And that they have your best interests in mind. Which, I don't know if they do. Oh, Jimmy, why are you so fucking paranoid? Well, mainly because of these these companies, which I'm going to... This thing is mainly going to focus on the Moderna one. But the Pfizer one is basically kind of uses the same mRNA technology. Um, I'm going to continue here. It is unclear why the novel mRNA COVID vaccines for Moderna and Pfizer have shown potential efficacy rates of 90 to 95 percent. When prior mRNA drug trials on pathogens other than COVID-19 were not so promising and had to be abandoned in the early phases of trials. Interesting. So it is unclear why the COVID vaccine has efficacy rates of 90 to 95%. According to them. Because all the other mRNA drug trials. Uh, not so. Yeah, the, the results weren't good. None of them were able to pass. Most of them, I think, weren't able to get past phase two. Uh, a lot of them weren't able to get past um, the animal trials. So, that's interesting. Because now we're getting this one 
this COVID one that because it's such an emergency, let's just go ahead and skip the animal trials. Even though every time before this that we've tried mRNA on animals, the results weren't that good. But magically, they don't know why. It is unclear why. This one just works like really good. Like 90 to 95%. And uh, they made it in two days. Like they just whipped it up real quick. And threw it out there. And don't worry, it's 90 to 95% effective. So you have nothing to worry about. Oh, all those other ones? Uh, I don't worry about those. This one's good. This time we did it right. This time we got it right, guys. Trust us. Okay. Uh, continuing. Physician Margaret Liu stated it could be due to the sheer volume of resources that went into development. Or that the vaccine might be triggering, quote, tr tr triggering a nonspecific inflammatory response to the mRNA that could be heightening its specific immune response. Given that the modified nucleoside technique reduced inflammation, but hasn't eliminated it completely. And if you don't know what that meant, I didn't really either. But I guess she's just saying like, hey, for some reason, uh, we tried a new technique. That's maybe that's why or or it's because uh, all the money that went into it. That's how we were able to do it right this time. Uh, continuing and that this may also explain the intense reaction reactions such as aches and fevers reported in some recipients of the mRNA COVID vaccine. These reactions, though severe, were transient. So they were pretty bad, but mm, you know, they go away. And another view is that they were believed to be a reaction to the lipid drug delivery molecules. So it, it's back to that super secret little lipid composition that they don't want that's confidential and you don't need to know what's in there but that's probably why it's working so good so this time it's working real good because of this thing that you don't need to know about that's why it works so good just trust us it works good all right continuing unlike dna molecules the mRNA molecule is a very fragile molecule that degrades within minutes in an exposed environment. And thus, mRNA vac vaccines need to be transported and stored at very low temperatures outside the cell or its drug delivery system. The mRNA molecule is also quickly broken down by the host. This fragility of the mRNA mo molecule is a herder hurdle to the efficacy of any mRNA vaccine due to the bulk disintegration before it enters the cells. That could lead people to believe and act 
as if they are immune when they are not. So if they don't, this thing has to be stored like at very specific temperatures. Because uh, if not, that, that mRNA will break down super quick. And um, yeah, I guess they're saying, so you might actually, they might actually give you that vaccine, but if it wasn't stored right, that you might think you have the vaccine, but you're walking around, I guess, spreading it, if you get it, uh, under side effects, side effects and risk. Reactogenicity is similar to that of conventional non-RNA vaccines. However, those susceptible to autoimmune response may have an adverse reaction to RNA vaccines. The mRNA strands in the vaccine may elicit an unintended immune reaction. To minimize this, mRNA sequences in the mRNA vaccines are designed to mimic those produced by host cells. So, I guess they got a trick or so. Strong but transient reactogenic effects were reported in trials of the COVID RNA vaccines. Most people will not experience severe side effects, which include fever and fatigue. Severe side effects is defined as that which limits everyday activity. They seem pretty sure about it, but I don't know how, well, I guess through the, the trials they've had, but as we'll see later on, the, it's, it's already being rolled out and there is, there is, there are some uh, side effects. Um, Bell's palsy being one of them that I just read an article a few days ago saying that some people have been getting that. Um, but I'll get into that a little later. Back to this thing before 2020, no mRNA technology platform, drug or vaccine has been authorized for use in humans. So there was a risk of unknown effects. The 2020 coronavirus pandemic required faster production capability of mRNA vaccines, made them attractive to national health organizations, and led to debate about the type of initial authorizations mRNA vaccines should get, including emergency use authorization or expanded access authorization. After the eight-week period of post-final human trials. So yeah, we have this emergency, we have this thing and Moderna makes their, their vaccine in two days and then gives it to, I guess the first trial, which lasts eight weeks. And if it makes it through that, then they have a chance of getting the emergency use authorization. 
so that's totally skip like i said totally skipping the animal trials and all that um yeah seems a little rushed to me at least the next section is a little bit about the history of mrna vaccines so starts off hungarian biochemist Catalin Carrico attempted to solve some of the main technical barriers of introducing mRNA into cells in the 1990s. Carrico partnered with Drew Weissman, and by 2005, they published a joint paper that solved one of the key technical barriers by using modified nucleosides to get mRNA inside the cells without setting off the body's defense system. So they they had been trying to use mRNA, but as soon as it as soon as they put it into the body, your body the body would automatically be like, whoa, 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 what is this? This is what is this? What is this RNA that doesn't belong? But um, they were, uh, I guess Weissman and Carrico were able to develop this new technique to essentially sneak the mRNA into the cells without setting off the defense system. Um, which is interesting. It's the, I think that's that same, that confidential thing you don't need to know about, but it works. Um, continuing here, Harvard stem cell biologist Derek Rossi then at Stanford, read Carrico and Weissman pa- Weissman's paper and recognized that their work was, quote, groundbreaking. And in 2010, founded the mRNA-focused biotech Moderna, along with Robert Langer. So I guess this dude from Harvard, well, I guess he was at Stanford then read this paper and was like, hmm, this would be good for making vaccines. It's, quote, groundbreaking. Um, Other mRNA-focused biotechs were formed or refocused, including CureVac and BioNTech, which licensed Carrico and Weissman's work. So... Basically, Moderna took that technology of being able to stick or sneak. That's that's the word I'm using, I guess. Sneak the mRNA into your cells. And uh, was like, hey, we can make vaccines out of this. Uh, Let's make a company. So they made Moderna. And then the other companies licensed that, um, that work from Carrico and Weissman. Um, up until 2020, these mRNA biotech companies had poor, let me repeat that, up until 2020, these mRNA biotech companies had poor results testing mRNA drugs for cardiovascular, metabolic, and renal diseases, selected targets for cancer, and rare diseases like I don't know how to say this. Krigier Najjar syndrome sounds sounds horrible. 
with most finding that the side effects of mRNA insertion were too serious. Hmm. So it wasn't until 20, it wasn't until this year that, um, yeah, every time they try to use this thing, um, to fight other diseases, the side effects were, uh, too serious. And that's all it just says. The side effects were too serious. Hmm. Interesting. mRNA vaccines for human use have been developed and tested for diseases, rabies, Zika, cytomegalovirus, and influenza. Although none of these mRNA vaccines have been licensed. Uh, probably because they yeah, probably because of the side effects again. Hmm. Interesting. Many large pharmaceutical companies abandoned the technology because it didn't work. While some biotechs refocused on the less profitable area of vaccines where the doses would be at lower levels and side effects reduced. Uh, so at the beginning, they were they were trying to use mRNA, I guess, to, to target cancer uh, cells and crazy, like, rare, you know, Z rabies, Zika, uh, and influenza, too, but, which is kind of interesting to me, I mean, because COVID's kind of the influenza's cousin, I guess you could say, but, yeah, none of those really worked, or the side effects were too serious. Hmm. So much so that most pharmaceutical companies were like, you know what, this, this shit doesn't really work. It's never going to get approved. Um, it's, it's not going to make us money. Why don't we do something else? But uh, some of them refocused, refocused hmm, on the less profitable area. Hmm. Before December 2020, no mRNA drug or vaccine had been licensed for use in humans. But both Moderna and Pfizer were close to securing EUA emergency use authorization for their mRNA vaccines for COVID, which had been funded by Operation Warp Speed. Directly in the case of Moderna and indirectly for Pfizer. So before this thing, they never licensed any of these mRNA drugs or vaccines for use in humans. But we had this emergency and they decided to implement Operation Warp Speed. Um, which I guess was like Trump's thing to get the, the vaccine out as fast as possible. Um, basically directly giving money to Moderna, which uh, I need to mention later how much money they gave them. But basically the, the gut, and I think that was, it's operations. So it's like a military. So the military kind of came into play and gave Moderna 
who has never made a, a working drug or vaccine, you know, they've never made anything actually. They're like, let's give these guys all this money. Um, hmm. Interesting. Continuing. On 2nd December 2020, seven days after its final eight-week trial, the UK's MHRA became the first global medicine regulator in history to approve the mRNA vaccine, granting emergency authorization for Pfizer's vaccine for widespread use. So it's not really that they went through, I mean, it was an eight-week trial. Pretty, just like, you know, It'll make more sense when I read this part. MHRA CEO June Rain said, no corners have been cut in approving it and that the benefits outweigh any risk. On 11 December 2020, the FDA gave emergency use authorization for the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. How can... How can this, it's basically like the UK's, uh, well, it'd be like the, not the CDC, NIH, I guess. But anyways, it's the UK's agency. How could the CEO of her say, how could she say, quote, no corners have been cut in approving it. And that quote. The benefits outweigh any risk. No corners have been cut. So just every other vaccine in history has gone through years of um, testing and trials. But not this one. This one just just a eight week look, mini trial. No corners have been cut in approving it. Hmm. The benefits outweigh any risk. So, it it's for your own good. And, um, you know, this thing's really experimental, and usually the side effects are pretty bad with these things, and it's coming from... This company, which hasn't really been able to produce a usable one, but uh, nah, I mean, we need it, we need it because everyone's tired of wearing these fucking masks and they want to go party and they want to go have Thanksgiving dinner with their friends and they just want everything back to normal. So and I mean, people are dying left and right. Uh, I don't mean to sound like heartless. I mean, maybe y'all know actually somebody who who's died from it, but I remember that movie with the Will Smith where like they give the uh, vaccine. Uh, what was it? I am legend. They hand out the vaccine and then it, the vaccine actually fucks everyone up. They turn into those weird zombie things. I feel like this is 
what this is set up for. I don't know, maybe that was a peek into their plan. Oh snap, I'm going there. Yeah, I just, um, yeah, it's crazy. The whole thing is, is just, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. They just trust, we're just trusting these, these companies giving them millions and millions of dollars to, to whip this thing up and do a quick little trial and say, Hey, this thing. It's an emergency. It's such an emergency. We gotta with it. We gotta do it no matter what. So, to me, that raises eyebrows. That raises questions. And they they want to sell it to you like it's super safe and everything, but all these things I read about the side effects and all like this is on the, the actual, not, not a weird website. This is just on the, the way. So like, this is the stuff that they had to admit, like, Hey, this never works, but, but suddenly the, the military got involved and had, they put a bunch of money into this one company and, Suddenly they have one that works because it uses a new technique, a new secret technique. And it's, it just, it works crazy good, 90 to 95%, which has never happened before, but I don't know. You don't, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. So that's the that's the background of uh, mRNA, which uh, got. I mean, that's a lot on its own. But in the next part, I want to get into. Um, I want to get into Moderna, like the actual company. Um. Because something, when I read all this, something kind of clicked. And I was like, hmm. What really made me curious is, yeah, that the Operation Warp Speed giving directly money to Moderna. So I was like, why did they choose this company? Hmm. Well, let's see. So now you have uh, an idea, at least, or at least I hope I've explained it well enough of what mRNA is and what it does. Uh, if, if it's not making, if it's still not clicking, definitely 
try looking at a some diagrams or like a little video and it, it'll make more sense after that but uh in in this section i kind of want to get into uh, uh moderna which is the that seems to be the big one the big one that er, that everyone's pushing um going to get into the the history of it some of the connections and uh just other very very interesting little things i found um but remember the the Pfizer the the BioNTech one they they all use the same technology. So the first thing is, well, just kind of looking at the name Moderna. Uh, you can break that down to mo mode RNA or um, modern. It, to me, it reminds me of the word modern and thinking about. RNA and DNA and that type of stuff. It makes me think like uh, they're modernizing uh, the DNA. Um, but th that's just what I'm thinking. It could just have come from. Uh, I mean, they're working on mRNA, so what? Maybe they would have called it Myrna, but it's Moderna. And while looking through all this, I found a. Uh, a little wiki thing on a uh, mod RNA, M O D no E RNA. Um, let me read this little snippet. <clears throat> a nucleoside modified messenger RNA, mod RNA, is a synthetic messenger RNA in which some nucleosides are replaced by other naturally modified nucleosides or by synthetic nucleoside analogs. Mod RNA is used to induce the production of a desired protein in cells. An important application is the development of mRNA vaccines, of which the first authorized, keyword there, authorized, not approved, authorized, were COVID-19 vaccines, such as BNT162B2 and mRNA1273, which is the Moderna one. So we got mode, modified, modern, which all kind of have the same spelling or similar spelling. They kind of sound the same, which you can draw your own things from that. I'm just, I just like to do that sometimes. Uh, look at a word and see how it's spelled and then how you say it. And there's some, there's something to that because these, these words don't just come out of, you know, they just didn't pop out of nowhere. They came, um, from similar words before it, you know? Um, but it's getting into linguistics, which I, I don't, I don't really know that much about. It's just something I've I've seen through through uh, researching stuff how the spelling of stuff or like the uh, the initials of stuff um, they have more meaning than people think and I really believe that um, but yeah let's get into 
actually Moderna. So here's some interesting stuff that I pulled from there, uh, the wiki on the company. Um, first thing is the history, 2010 to 2016. In 2010, Mode RNA Therapeutics was formed. So that's what it was called back then. Mode RNA Therapeutics was formed to commercialize the research of stem cell biology, Derek Rossi. Rossi had developed a method of modifying mRNA by first transfecting it into human cells, then de-differentiating it into stem cells, which could then be further re-differentiated it's a long word <laughs> into desired target cell types rossi approached fellow harvard university faculty member hmm. keep, keep that in your mind harvard U university because they're going to come up again uh, maybe not in this episode but i don't know if i have time to go into that but I, that's interesting to me who solicited co-investment from Kenneth Chien, Bob Langer, and venture capital firm Flagship Ventures. In 2011, the CEO of Flagship Ventures, now Flagship Pioneering, interesting, Nubar, Nubar Afeyan, brought in European pharma cells and operations executive Stefan Bansel as CEO. Afayam personally owned 19.5% of Moderna and was the largest single shareholder, while his fund flagship pioneering owned 18%. Okay, now here's, here's where it starts getting a little more juicy. In March 2013, Moderna and AstraZeneca signed a five-year exclusive option agreement to discover, develop, and commercialize mRNA treatments in therapeutic areas of cardiovascular, metabolic, and renal diseases and selected targets for cancer, which I think I, I mentioned that earlier. The agreement included a $240 million upfront payment to Moderna. A payment that was, quote, one of the largest ever initial payments in pharmaceutical industry licensing deal that does not involve a drug already being tested in clinical trials and an 8% share in Moderna. So what, what, you, what I get from that is that, um, yeah, they've. They invested $240 million into this company, even though it, it didn't have any drugs being tested in the trials yet. Why would you, um, why well, I guess they saw the potential of it. Or if you want to be a little, they, maybe they already knew. They already knew it was going to work to a sense so yeah put in those 240 maybe they just got lucky it was a good guess i don't know as of may 2020 only one candidate had has passed phase one trials 
a treatment for myocardial ischemia. Mm, labeled AZD8601. AZD. Kind of sounds or reminds me of AZT. Which, no, I, I don't want to get into that now. But if you're interested, look up AZT. You'll see lots of little links to, to what's going on now. Let me just put it that way. <clears throat> Continuing in, Ju in January 2014, Moderna and Alexion Pharmaceuticals entered a $125 million deal for orphan diseases in need of therapies. Alexion paid Moderna 100 million for 10 product options to develop rare disease treatments, including the, oh dang, it's this one again, Kriglar-Najar. This is how it's spelled, C-R-I-G-L-E-R-N-A-J-J-A-R. I don't know what language that is. A syndrome using Moderna's mRNA therapeutics platform. By 2016, Banthel told an audience of JP Morgan Chase investors, mm, the big banks, got some in there. Hmm. We see what you're doing over here. We like that. Investors that the work with Alexion would shortly enter human trials. However, by 2017, the program with Alexion had been scrapped as the animal trials showed that Moderna's treatment would never, underline never, be safe enough for use in humans. Wow. And this is, this is admitted, so. So yeah, Alexion gave them a hundred million to develop ten products, and they never got past the animal trials. It, it the, I mean, I'm assuming the side effects were so bad. They're like, we can't put, do this to a human. Interesting. Why is it interesting? because the current one they're giving us skipped animal trials. So every time they develop another thing using this, it, it was messing these animals up and that's why I couldn't get to human trials. But this time, since it was such an emergency, uh, you know what, screw it. Um, this thing, uh, let's just use it on, let's go straight to humans. I mean, does any of that make any sense? <sighs> Anyways, most of the biotech community did not value vaccines. It was very hard to move that stuff forward because people said, quote, oh, vaccines, nobody's going to pay for that. Hmm. Well, whoever said that quote, obviously they were wrong. 
And some people are like, well, like, uh, oh, the, the, the vaccine's free. Uh, not really. Uh, the government put a lot of money into that. And who pays for the government? Your tax dollars. And who pays for the, um, like your medical insurance and all that. And it's not free. Actually, my, uh, my coat. Well, no, I'm thinking about the test. Anyways, let me continue here. In 2014, after disappointing standalone therapeutic trials, very disappointing, these trials. Dang it, we just can't get them to work right. Moderna moved to focus on mRNA vaccines. Given that efficacy issues aside, so, uh, how effective they are, put that to the side. That doesn't matter. mRNA will always stimulate a level of antibody development in subjects. So it might not work that good, but it, it kind of works. So uh, let's just go with that. <clears throat> the change in strategy had risk. Given that material, materially lower margins of vaccine development called loss leaders by some Moderna employees with some senior employees and industry experts questioning the future viability of the company. Rossi left the company. So in four years, they have this promising supposedly promising technology but and even with the you know 125 million deal at first and then another 100 million they just couldn't get anything that was viable they couldn't get anything a lot of them they couldn't get past the animal trials and so the main dude who started at Rossi was like this isn't going anywhere I'm out Continuing, in February 2016, an op-ed in Nature criticized Moderna for not publishing any peer-reviewed papers on its technology, unlike most other emergence, emerging and established biotech companies, and compared its approach to that of controversially failed Theranos. So... The Nature magazine was um, criticizing Moderna, Moderna because they weren't publishing any peer-reviewed papers. Which, if you don't know, it's just like a, I don't know, if you're a scientist and you're studying something, you know, you put together your your paper, your thesis, whatever, how you do it, and you kind of put it out there so your peers, other scientists and doctors and stuff can review it. Um, but they didn't, they didn't do any, any, they were very secretive, which why are they being so secret? 
what's going on in these uh what's going on in these trials these animal trials that aren't working out they um they'd rather not let you know but they're going to save you don't worry about it uh continuing in september 2018 thrillist thrillist published article titled why this Secretive tech startup could be the next Theranos. Which, I don't know about Theranos. I'm guessing they're probably another company that they thought was going to revolutionize. and put They put a bunch of money and it went nowhere. Criticizing its reputation for secrecy and the absence of scientific validation. Or independent peer review of its research though having the highest valuation of any private biotech company at more than five billion. So they're, this company's super, or at least, or I guess Theranos and, and Moderna are both real sec- secretive. They don't let other scientists and doctors look at their look at their stuff look at their research which i guess you could argue you know it's there's their they want to protect their their technology they don't want other people getting a, a hold of it or if you want to be cynical hmm well i'll let you draw your own conclusions but do you see where all this is is, is kind of going? If you think about all this that I just read and what I told you in the first part, our, uh, our little connection starting to connect in your mind? I hope so. Uh, to finish off this paragraph, they're running an investment firm. And then hopefully it also develops a drug that's successful. Interesting quote. They're running an investment firm. And then hopefully it also develops a drug that's successful. Yeah. Okay. So now we're to 2018 to 2020. So now we're getting into the modern. Now we're getting into the Moderna times. In 2018, the company rebranded as Moderna Inc. with the ticker ticker symbol mRNA and further increased its portfolio of vaccine development. So they're just just like we got vaccines for this, we got vaccines for that, we got we got all this shit. Just give us more money. Give us more money. And those are my thoughts. In December 2018, Moderna became the largest biotech initial public offering in history, raising 621 million, 27 million shares at $23 per share on NASDAQ and implying an overall valuation of 7.5 billion with a B 
for the entire company. Even though they don't have a single drug or therapeutic or, or, or anything. But these guys got money. And when they came out with their IPO, like they came out hard. That, does that make sense? What do these people know that we don't know? Anyways, the year in 2019 SEC filing showed that Moderna had accumulated losses of 1.5 billion since inception, with a loss of 514 million in 2019 alone, and had raised 3.2 billion in equity since 2010. As of December 2020, the month that I'm recording this, Moderna was valued at 60 billion. That's a lot of cheddar. That is a lot of cheese. Is it possible this whole thing could be for money? No, 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 no. It's not about money, folks. It's about, it's about your health. It's about you being nice and healthy. Right? Anyways, in March, 2020, you can tell I'm feeling very, feeling very cynical today. A lot of little smart remarks. In a White House meeting between the Trump administration and pharmaceutical executive Bansell told the president that Moderna could have a COVID-19 vaccine ready in a few months. Hmm. So these, this company could never get a vaccine approved. They've never produced anything, but they, this guy went up and told the president Oh, we could have it in a, in a few months. Trust me. I mean, we're a big company. We're, we're, we're 60 billion. Obviously we're not bullshitters. We're not scammers. Um, and this stuff works. Uh, where's the proof? Oh, uh, mm, no, nah. you don't need to see the papers on that works, but we got it. All right, maybe I should just read. The next day, the FDA approved clinical trials for the Moderna vaccine candidate. Okay. This dude goes in, tells the Trump people we can do it in a few months, even though vaccines take years to develop. And they're like, okay. You guys seem legit. With that, with Moderna later receiving an investment of $483 million from Operation Warp Speed. Mm, that, the thing that, uh, I guess, Trump put into place to, um, to save everybody. 
let's let's get the let's get the military involved and the pharmaceuticals. Let's get the military and the pharmaceutical companies together and they're going to save us. Let's do it. Let's give them a bunch of money. Moderna board member Mansif Slaoui mm, was appointed head scientist for Operation Warp Speed project. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, if that wasn't juicy enough, let's uh let's continue here. This is under leadership. Since 2011, Moderna has been led by CEO Stefan Bansel, a French businessman with a pharmaceutical sales and operations background. Bansel had been described as having a secretive approach to Moderna. Very secretive. And as being a tough operator. Whatever that means. Though never having worked with RNA before, Stat, which a magazine or a something, is listed as a co-inventor on more than 100 of Moderna's early patent applications. Unusual for a CEO who is not a PhD scientist. So this dude... This dude is on 100 of Moderna's patents. And they're saying, well, this is kind of weird. You know, this dude's not a scientist. He, he, We doubt he's, well, they didn't say it, but this is kind of me interpreting. Like the CEO dude, he's, he's a CEO dude, but he's not a scientist. But. But he's he's his name is on these patent applications. And this is the same dude that went and talked to the like I said before, talked to the Trump administration and was like, Oh yeah, we we can do this. So he went over there, told him, Hey, yeah, we can do this. Uh I haven't looked into it, but I'm gonna take a wild guess that he's probably on the patent for the current vaccine. You think he's going to make some money? I mean, he already got money, but you don't think he's going to continue getting money from this? Does this not seem like a like a conflict of interest in a way? This super secretive CEO dude being listed as co-inventor. So it says he's co-inventor. Hmm. Okay. I think I'm going to have to do a little bit of background on this character, Stefan Bansel. <clears throat> Stock sales. On May 18, 2020, when Moderna announced it was making progress with its coronavirus vaccine, company stock rose 30%. So they're super secretive, but I mean, they got Operation Warp Speed behind them, and they're, I mean, that's crazy. 30%. 
in one day. Yeah. Some people made some money, I'm sure. That day, CFO Lawrence Kim. Oh, what was I just saying? That day, CFO, Chief Financial Officer, Lawrence Kim bought stock for $3 million and immediately sold it for $19.8 million. So the CFO of the company made, eh, rough math, 15 mil that day because their company went out and announced, oh yeah, we're making progress. Boom, 15 mil. Aren't there laws against, I mean, does that not sound like insider trading? I don't know. I don't know that much about all that. So it, it sounds really convenient. I wish I had known. The next day, chief medical officer, officer tells Zach's bought stock for 1.5 million and immediately sold it for nine. Point seven seven million. Well, this dude, this dude made a what eight million. Both of these, both, both of these executives were using automated insider trading plans, known as ten B five one plans. Wait, I'm I'm just like I'm I'm do I'm actually rereading this myself. I don't even think I caught this the first time I read this. So they're basically using computers, which is it seems like that's what a lot of the the big boys are doing nowadays. They're not out there on the stock market like yelling at each other, throwing up hand signs. They got their little uh, computers that can. Uh, you know, once this hits this, sell this, buy this, blah, blah, blah. Done in, you know, like that. I wish I had one of those. On May 21st and 22nd, Moderna's leading shareholder, the venture capital firm flagship pioneering, made 69.5 million by selling Moderna stock. Damn. Flagship, uh, they made they did they had a good investment. Ooh, that's nice. Flagship is less listed as a Moderna insider, but did not use an automated 10B5-1 plan for these sales. So between May 18th and 22nd, they were making their progress and they announced it. And everyone made a bunch of bank. You know, while everybody else can't go to work, uh, you can't open your shop. In May, I wasn't working. You know, 
all these businesses and all this other stuff, you know, small businesses getting shut down. But the big guys, it's working out really nice for them. Right, moving on, COVID trials. On July 14, 2020, Moderna scientists published preliminary results of the phase one dose escalation clinical trial of mRNA-1273, showing dose-dependent induction of neutralizing antibodies against the S1, S2 as early as 15 days post-injection. Uh, real sciencey nerd talk. <clears throat> but here's the good part. Mild to moderate adverse reactions such as fever, fatigue, headache, muscle ache, and pain at the injection site were observed in all dose groups, but were common with increased dosage. The vaccine in low doses was deemed safe and effective. In order to advance to phase three clinical trial, using two 100, oh dang, what does this little symbol mean? Universal grams, dang it. Like a little weird U with a G. Anyways, it's a dose, 100 whatever dose because well, they had the, the, the 100 and they also had another trial using uh, was it 200 or 250 I don't remember off the top of my head but uh, basically they they shut that one down early I wonder why Oh, maybe because right here it said the mild to severe or moderate, mild to moderate reactions um, increased with the with the dosage. But the low dose ones, those are good. Don't worry, you're just gonna get you're just gonna get a fever, a fatigue, headache, muscle ache, and pain at the injection site. Sounds like fun. In July 2020, Moderna announced in a preliminary report that its Operation Warp Speed candidate had led to production of neutralizing antibodies in healthy adults in phase one clinical testing. At the 100 microgram, oh, that's what that thing was. Microgram. At the 100 microgram dose, the one Moderna is advancing into larger trials. All 15 patients experience side effects, including fatigue, chills, headache, muscle pain, and pain at the injection site. Did I sound like one of those commercials? So basically, uh, they all had side effects. They all, I mean, it's only 15 of them, but. And here's, here's my favorite quote. 
out of this whole thing. The troublesome higher doses were discarded in July from future studies. Why would you do that? The troublesome. These damn doses are they're so troublesome. Well, what happened in them? What was the trouble? Uh, don't worry, it's a secret. Okay. That sounds about, that sounds fine. Cool. Safe and effective. Criticisms. In May 2020, after releasing partial and non-peer-reviewed results for only 8 of 45 candidates in a preliminary pre-phase 1 stage human trial direct to stock markets, the CEO <clears throat> announced on CNBC an immediate 1.25 billion rights issue to raise funds for the company. At a $30 billion valuation. While stats said vaccine experts say Moderna didn't produce data critical to assessing COVID-19 vaccine. So... The first part of this thing is basically... Moderna released the results. They had 45 candidates in the preliminary pre-phase one human trial, whatever. Only eight of the 45. And out of those, out of those eight of 45, it's only like partial. So they're not releasing every, all the information about it for other scientists to be able to basically critique it and be like, hey, well, what about this? What about that? Mm, no, 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 no. Because it's partial and non-peer-reviewed. So, no outside people, just the company people. The company people in the company are saying, hey, yeah, these work. They're good. And other doctors and scientists are, oh, yeah, let me see. Can I see the data? No. Cool. Moderna and the NI, well, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. NIAID. Which... I started digging into. I don't know if I'm going to have time for it. But, uh, oh, guess who runs it? Your boy, uh, Mr. Anthony Fauci. You know, the guy who told you, uh, wear your mask. And then later he said, uh, the masks really don't work. But then he changed his mind. I was like, oh, yeah, actually wear your mask. The one that's telling you, hey, there's new mutants coming out be very scared uh, and whatever you do don't don't you fucking hug your fucking grandma you want him to die 
fucking touch him. He didn't. He, that's not actually a real quote. It's probably what he's saying in his mind. Um. Is it? Is it kind of interesting that this? This uh. Institute. Ran by this guy is also involved in the. Uh, in the vaccines. In the production of it. You think this guy's going to make any money? Nah. Okay, let me re restart this. So, Moderna and the NIAID began phase three trial in the United States on July 27th with a plan to enroll and assign 30,000 volunteers into two groups. So the phase one is like 15 people. I think phase two, they move into the hundreds and then in phase three, they move it into the thousands. So you start with a small group of people. Like this is how it's supposed to work. You start with a small group of people, test it on them. If everything goes okay, okay, we can start testing on more people. And then um, on to the other one. But all this is usually done after the animal trials. Oh, wait, but this one, it didn't need the animal trials. Uh, anyways, I already talked about that. <clears throat> one group receiving two 100 microgram doses of mRNA1273 vaccine and the other receiving a placebo of 0 0.9 sodium chloride salt so salt water as of august 7th more than 4500 volunteers had enrolled in september 2020 moderna published the detailed study plan for the clinical trial so they, they're real skimpy on putting out the results, but they'll give you a real detailed uh, study plan for how they're going to do it. Oh, thank you. On September 30th, CEO Stefan Bansel said that if the trial is successful, the vaccine might be available to the public as early as, early as late March or early April 2021. As of October 2020, Moderna had completed the enrollment of 30,000 participants needed for its phase three trial. And on November 16, 2020, Moderna announced preliminary data from its phase three clinical trial indicating that 94% efficacy in preventing COVID-19 infection. This thing works really good guys wow 94% I remember seeing those headlines when they came out um, the first thing I asked myself was how did they how did they get that number um, I'll see if I have time to get into that side effects included flu-like symptoms such as pain at injection site fatigue muscle pain and headache
the Moderna results were not final, as the trial is not scheduled to conclude until late 2022. So like I said, the, the, the trials are supposed to take years, and they're still in stage three. It's going to keep going into 2022. So really, we can't even really say what the long-term side effects are, how effective it actually is. Does it, if it works, like how long does it actually protect you for? Um, nobody knows because it's still being tested. But they got that emergency use authorization to give it to you because they say it's 94% effective but um but you can't see the uh, the actual little details um yeah so like I said as the trial was not scheduled to conclude in, until late 2022 and were not peer reviewed or published in a medical journal isn't that cute the U.S. National Institute of Health. Um, though, that sounds like they're, they definitely, they're on your side. Uh, NIH uh, announced on November 15, 2020, that overall trial results were positive. Overall, eh, they're pretty good. So, uh, and we need this now, so fuck it. After FDA review, oh, the FDA, the wonderful people that told you GMOs were great and that weed was bad. After FDA review in December 2020, interim results of the phase three clinical trial on mRNA-1273 showed it to be safe and effective just like the GMOs, just like all the other chemicals they've approved before, that later on, we're like, oh shit, this shit causes cancer and all kinds of side effects. Oops, we didn't know. Anyways. This isn't about the FDA. That, that's, a, that's another episode. Resulting in the issuance of an emergency use authorization for the United States and the final sentence it remains unknown whether the Moderna vaccine candidate is safe or effective in people under age 18 how long it provides immunity whether it requires a booster shot or whether it is effective in people of color. Let me uh, let me read. Let me read that one more time. It remains unknown whether the Moderna vaccine candidate is safe or effective in people under 18. They don't know how long it provides immunity. They don't know if it's going to need a booster shot. Oh, I might need a booster shot. That's another uh, 
Yeah, maybe maybe you needed uh, a couple of them a year or every year you need one just just like the flu shot. Uh, and the uh, the very uh, the golden piece of of it all, or whether it is effective in people of color. Uh, wow, people of color. What do they mean by that? Well, I I was like, well, what the. F- so started digging into that and uh, yeah it turns out they were having they were having a real hard time getting quote colored people into the trials Um, they were saying it's because these damn coloreds don't trust us uh, so they don't have that many volunteers. It's also interesting to note that COVID affects um, black people twice as hard as other people. And I think after that, it's Native Americans and then uh, Hispanic Latino people. Which I actually, I didn't know. I didn't know that about COVID. Which is weird because you would think, okay, well, if it's really fucking up the black people, um, they would be, they'd be all over this. Like, hey, I don't want to die from this shit. But that was one of the positive things I think I saw. The, uh, the dis the distrust in uh, in the pharmaceutical companies and the medical community of um, from the black people and there's a there's plenty of reasons for it maybe uh, I mean that's pretty much it for uh, for the history of Moderna So after reading all that, how they kind of came out of nowhere and got a shit ton of money, and but they couldn't make anything, nothing was working, but people kept giving them more money, and then the dude told Trump, hey, I can make this work, just give me more money, and so we do it. But NIH, the National Institutes of Health, and the FDA, even though they don't give out the data for other scientists and doctors to review, they're they're telling you it's this one's the good one. Oh, but when we tried to give them the the, the higher dose, uh, whoa. That one was a little troublesome. That's a, you know what? To forget about that one. But we got this other one. This one seems to be doing okay. You just, you just have all the side effects 
that you basically get from actually getting COVID. So it's almost to be, to be immune, to get this immunity, you have to basically get sick. And if you get sick, you're, you're basically immune naturally after that. With a, with a disease that has a, what, 99% survival rate? So would you rather go with 99% or 94%? And it might not last that long. And in a few years, you might turn into a jellyfish. No, I'm just kidding. There's a reason I said that. Um, there's people out there like uh, Alex Jones and stuff saying there's a uh, there's damn jellyfish DNA DNA in the vaccine. And uh, I looked into it and. Um, I don't know. He's kind of right. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like Alex Jones, but whatever or whatever. But a lot of stuff he he says is actually right. He might like exaggerate it because he's like, you know, he's he's doing a show. It's got to be entertaining. You got to get it across to people in a way that they can understand it because. In order to research that part, I had to, I had to go into some really nerdy techie articles like science papers and all this stuff. And yeah, it's, it's hard to understand. So I don't know. What do you, what, what do you think? And this remember this is just this is on a, the Moderna wiki. Just do your fa do yourself a favor and read through that. And you tell me, are any red flags popping up in your mind? This will be the last thing I'm going to get into because this thing is getting kind of long, and I'm by I'm just getting started. I've got. I've got a lot more, but I thought I was going to be able to squeeze it all into like less than two hours, but that's obviously not going to happen. Um, so, but this, this, this thing is a good groundwork to understand the, I'm going to have to make a part two and in order to, to understand part two, you're going to have to get the basics of all this. But last thing here, this is on, a. This is on the Moderna website, so their very own website. Found a page, uh, uh, Moderna's key milestones and advancements. So they have a little timeline of their milestones, quote. So let me just uh, run through them right quick. 2010. Company Incorporated, 2011, 
operation started 2012 40 million equity financing 2013 110 million equity financing expansion into new headquarters and labs at 200 technology square AstraZeneca collaboration in cardio metabolic disease and cancer 240 mil up front up to 40 targets oh look at this this is not look 2013 still DARPA grant up to 25 million a DARPA grant oh DARPA that is a deep deep subject on its own won't have time to get into that but for the people who don't know what DARPA is let me uh, just read the quick thing DARPA wiki DARPA D-A-R-P-A the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency is a research and development agency for the United States Department of Defense responsible for the development of emerging technologies for use by the military Oh, the military. So DARPA is just known for any kind of emerging technologies. I think I might have even mentioned it in the uh, in the first podcast, the first episode about the uh, about the camouflage technology. Uh, those guys are definitely in that. Basically, anything that they see coming up. And they're like, hey, you know, we could use this for the military, a.k.a. for war. Um, isn't that in interesting? So really early on in Moderna's thing, the military will say, hey, cute little project you got there. How about you? Uh, give, we'll give you a little money and just... Maybe you can develop some stuff for us. What would the, the, the military need mRNA technology for? That can go just about anywhere. I'll just, I'll, I'll leave it to your imagination. Continuing, Alexian, uh, 2014, Alexian st Strategic Agreement in Rare Disease, 100 million up front, up to 10 targets, 450 equity financing, Merck Collaboration in, uh, Merck Collaboration in Infectious Disease, 50 million up front, 50 million equity, five targets. Yeah, you gotta get a lot of money from 
interesting people. I wanted to go into a little bit of the background of Merck, but um, that'll have to be for the for the part two of this whenever I do that. Uh, if you want a little, if you want a little teaser, um, go look them up. Here's a hint: Nazis. <clears throat> Continuing. Moderna initiates first inhuman dosing of mRNA 1440. Moderna introduces its first development candidate for prophylactic disease modality. mRNA 1440 and the H10N8 flu vaccine candidate. Uh, PPD, pharmaceutical product development, collaboration, which we have one of those offices here in Austin. Uh, I went there to get my wisdom teeth removed, actually. Yep, I was a guinea pig. Uh, I was also broke and needed my wisdom teeth taken out, and I didn't have insurance. Uh, anyways, Moderna introduces its first development candidate at its local, local lot, what? Localized? It's a, it's a typo. Come on, this company's worth sixty billion, and they got fucking typos on their website. God damn it! Unless that's a word that I don't know. L o c a t l i z e d. Therapeutic modality. Blah blah blah. Whatever. AstraZeneca fifty fifty collaboration in immuno oncology. Two targets. Merck licenses an additional vaccine candidate. Uh -huh, this, the second cute one. The the first cute one for me was well, no, I guess it's the third. Actually, all these fucking companies, but what really stuck out to me was the DARPA, the Merck. Uh, next is Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation grant for HIV/AIDS up to a hundred million. Wow, is that the... I think that's the biggest... Oh, so... Old Billy Gates... In 2016, put a shit ton of money into this. You know, because he wants to cure HIV and AIDS. Ah, <sighs> oh, Bill Gates... I'm pretty sure most of y'all are, you don't got, go to YouTube and look up a video of Bill Gates and read the comments. <laughs> Just read the comments. Uh, I wish I had time to get into this, but, oh geez, there's so much. Moderna introduces its first development candidate into intraimmunocology disease. MRNA 2416. And I'm going to start writing. Most of this is just a bunch of like, they announced this, they announced that. Charles River Laboratories collaboration. Uh, Merck again. Personalized cancer vaccines. 
personalized cancer vaccines. Huh? Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, I don't got time for it. But, uh, Vertex, CFTR collaboration, 40 million up front, one target, 474 million equity financing, BARDA funding awarding 125 million for Zika, lease to build 200 square foot mRNA clinical manufacturing facility in Norwood. Oh shit, I'm bad with states. MA, is that Massachusetts? which opened in July 2018. In collabor next little bullet point, in collaboration with DARPA, Moderna, AKA military, Moderna introduces its first infectious disease therapeutic development candidate, mRNA 1944, encoding an antibody against chikungunya virus. Ooh. Moderna initiates dosing for mRNA 1653 to protect against metanumovirus and parainfluenza virus. Hmm. Moderna initiates first inhuman dosing of mRNA 1647, a vaccine candidate to protect, to protect against cytomegalovirus. Uh, Another inhuman dose or human dosing for this one for intra to tumoral. So inner tumors, immunotherapy. Moderna's first human data published in molecular therapy from study of mRNA 1440, an H10 vaccine candidate. Uh, again, with AstraZeneca, Therapeutic encoding for relaxin. Relaxin? Something that helps you relax? I can recommend you something else for that. <clears throat> uh, Moderna and Merck initiate first human dosing for 4157, a personalized cancer vaccine. Um. I think you guys get the idea. Let's see if there's anything that sticks out. In 2018, completion of five, 500 million ser Series G equity financing, total cash raised 2.5 billion dollars. Moderna opened its state-of-the-art state development site in Norwood, MA. <laughs> Uh, Moderna, Moderna's common stock began trading on NASDAQ, global select market, under the ticker symbol mRNA. 2019, Moderna announces positive interim phase one data for a combination against HMPV and PIV3. Moderna announces dosing of first monoclonal antibody encoded by mRNA in a clinical trial. I don't know what that meant. Monoclonal cloning from one. Uncle. 
anyways the whole point of me going through all that was um showing you all the the, the companies and the people that uh, Moderna's linked up with um the big one that stuck out to me was DARPA very early on 2013 they got their so the military got their little grubby fingers into this technology I wonder if they could uh, I wonder if they could turn this into a weapon no they wouldn't do that they, they wouldn't be making bio weapons of course not And uh, that's uh, that's all I got from Moderna, and that's, that's probably it for this uh, this episode. So you tell me, are you are you lining up for your uh, your safe and effective mRNA Moderna vaccine? Are you gonna pull up your sleeve? Well, guys, uh, that was a intro to mRNA vaccines with your professor, Jimmy D. I hope you learned a thing or two. Um, I know this thing was kind of long, but I mean, if you just want little quick tidbits of chosen information, just just watch the news. But uh, I think long form's the way to go if you really want to learn what's up. And uh, this is just—I had a lot more to go into, but I don't—I didn't want to make this thing super, super long. Um, I try to make them like an hour, but it's probably gonna be like twice as long. Uh, and the main message I just want to leave you guys with is. Uh, Going into this, and as you do, as you look into stuff, you um, a lot of this stuff is kind of dark, and it's kind of like, well, damn, like where's where's this heading? Like, you know, what the fuck? Can't tell you how many times I asked myself that, but I'm not depressed. Uh, I'm happy to be alive and I stay positive. And that's my message to you guys. Um, I want you I want y'all to go in and, and research this stuff, but I don't want you to get depressed or down or just negative or because um, that's that's exactly what they want. Ooh, who's they? Whatever. That's what that's what they want. So don't do it. So be happy. You know, I think, I know times are really weird right now, but if anything, all I gotta say is, um, if you can, uh, call your mom and tell her that you love her. Call your dad, call your boyfriend, your girlfriend. And tell them that you love them. If you don't got family, maybe you have a dog. <laughs> look at look over at your dog and tell him that you love it.
If you got nobody to look in the mirror and tell yourself. After all, you are, you are made in the image of God. Atheists are rolling their eyes. And the and the last thing is um, uh, hug your uh, hug your grandpa and your grandma. I didn't get to know mine. I only met my grandma once. Mm. And I was really young at the time, and I didn't really. I was just like, okay, cool, this is my grandma. But now as I'm older, I'm kind of like, well, you know, I wish I could have gotten to know her more. But, you know, she's not here anymore, so that opportunity has passed, and hindsight's twenty twenty. And I think there's a lot more power in a hug. A lot more value, at least, than anything that these fucking nerds in lab coats and fucking dudes in nice suits making billions and billions of dollars can offer you. They can't offer you shit. Well, I mean, they can, but I think you understand what I'm saying. So yeah, there'll have to be another, um, eventually I'll get around to a part two of this. But, um, yeah. Uh, hope you guys have a good holiday season. And have fun. Stay positive. I'll see you guys next time.